So we're in 31 days of breakthrough. I hope you're enjoying that and getting something out of that as well, as well as obviously we're, we're focusing on others and praying for others, and I'm sure God's speaking to, you, um, speaking to you through that as well. So I just encourage you to continue to do that. What we're um, asking you to do is to pray at least three times a day for at least five minutes. Um, I'm sure that's doable for everyone. I'm not trying to be religious about these things in any way. Okay, there's nothing magical about three times a day, although it is something that happened in the Bible and um, um, and um, those in the Bible that, that, that did that, and especially Daniel, who used to pray three times a day. And so there is something spiritually significant about it, but we're not being religious about it either. But we believe it's a significant thing as we just focus on others and believe for breakthroughs in people's lives. And, of course, you can pray for your own breakthroughs as well. And, of course, I'm not saying only pray for five minutes a day, three times a day. You can do, you know, we can never out-pray. I mean, we can never over-pray. I mean, that's a reality. And God wants to speak back to us. It's, it's, it's a two-way uh, communication is what God intends for prayer. Amen. So just continue to encourage you in that. But we're praying and believing for breakthrough in others' lives, you know, so th- throughout this month. And, you know, prayer is very important. I mean, anyone know that? <laughs> everyone know that? Prayer is very important. And as I just said, God intends prayer to be a two-way communication. Now, we understand this in, in our human relationships, you know, whether it's parent and child, whether it's a husband and wife, whether it's just friends. You know, if, if only one person does all the talking, well, that's, that's a bit of an odd relationship. <laughs> I would agree. That would be unusual, right? And communication, especially, especially in marriage, but it's true in all relationships, all types of relationships, then communication is absolutely key. It's, it's the, absolutely vital uh, in all, and good communi- communication is, is vital. And, and that's what prayer is. It's communication with God. If we understand it's true in our, in our natural relationships, so in, in the most important relationship which we have, which is with our, with our Father, amen, then, then it's so true as well. Communication, which is us communicating with God, Remember, we're not giving God information when we pray. It's not things he doesn't already know. He knows everything about us, right? But he wants us to pray, and he also wants to talk back to us and talk to us through Scripture or just bring words into our, into our spirit and, and what he's saying back to us. Well, you might hear the audible voice of God, maybe. But, you know, but God wants it to be a two-way communication. Amen? So prayer is important, and so that's what prayer is. And what, what is breakthrough? Well, we're believing for God to break through into situations. To, to change situations. You know, the reality is there are some things that only God can do. There's a lot of things, in fact, only God can do, right? Ephesians, it's not on screen, this one, but Ephesians 3, 19 and 20, is just an incredible verse. But Paul writes that, you know, that he can do abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. There is nothing that God cannot do. There is no situation that's too difficult, uh, that's no, too far gone, that is too complex, that is naturally impossible, and it may be naturally impossible, but there's no situation that God cannot change, that God cannot impact. Amen? There's nothing that he cannot, cannot do. And I think we have to remind ourselves about that at, at times. You know, back a couple of months ago, we, we looked at the, kind of the attributes of God and, 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 those, and those becoming a reality in our lives. And sometimes I think we have to remind ourselves about those things, about who God is. He's omnipresent. He can be everywhere at once. He's all-powerful. He's, all, he's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He, he, he knows everything. He's, he's immutable. He never changes. He's eternal. He's always been and always will be. Amen? And I have to remind ourselves about that because so often when I think we can put God in a, in a box, and what I mean by that is, is we, because, because we're trying to wrap our human brains around who God is, then, then we can sometimes kind of uh, relate to him like we relate to a human, and we forget that God operates completely outside of time. He operates completely outside of natural law. He's not bound by anything we're bound by. You know, we can't just go and walk through that wall 
You're going to hurt yourself if you run towards that wall. But God is not bound, because that's a natural law, isn't it? We can't physically go through it. It's, it's in the way. But God is not bound in any way by natural laws. He's not bound by, by time or space. You know, God sees the beginning of your life. He sees where your life right now. And God can see the end of your life literally right now. God can see everything that he has planned out for your life, how it all pans out. And that's why we can trust him. Amen. He's so trustworthy because God knows how it all works out in the end. And the Bible says that all things work together for our, our good. It says in Romans 8. Amen. So let's never ever put God in a box. Amen. It is hard to wrap around, just wrap your brain around who God is. I think if it was easy to understand God, would he even be God? Again, genuine question. Would he even be God if it was just easy to understand and easy for us to comprehend? Let's never put God in a box. And that's why we need, we need breakthrough, because the things that we can't do, we're not made to do life on our own. We're not, made to, we're, we're not created to try and figure everything out. You know, so often, again, as human beings, that can be our default thing. Maybe you're going through some stuff in your life right now, and it can be so easy kind of, just to kind of think, well, what do I need to do in this situation? And men, men are no chorus for this, particularly, but it's also true of ladies as well. Men in particular, because we see ourselves as, as fixers. We've got, to, we've got to fix everything. We've got to fix the situation. But anyway, it's true of all humans. Is we, we just try and work it all out in our mind. Well, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And, God, and we're not intent. That's not God's intention for us. Okay, obviously, he's given us responsibilities in life. Absolutely. But there's things that only God can do. And he wants us to rely on him and to trust him. And we need him to break through and change situations. Amen. So Micah 2 verse 13. I'm going to look at this. will be on the screen, hopefully. Or turn it to you in your Bibles. There it is. Micah 2, verse 13, in the Amplified, it says this. Talking about breakthrough, it, it defines Jesus, the Messiah, as the breaker. That's what I want to talk about this morning, about what Jesus does, how he brings breakthrough. It says this, the breaker, or the Messiah who opens the way, shall go up before them, liberating them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out. So the king goes on before them, the Lord at their head. What a great scripture. The breaker, this is who Jesus is talking specifically about the Messiah. It's obviously, it's written in the Old Testament. There's another prophetic. We talked about this just before Christmas, didn't we? About all the prophecies there are about who, who the baby Jesus was intended to be and planned to be by God. Here's another messianic prophecy. The, the breaker, the Messiah who opens the way, shall go up before them. They'll break out, pass through the gate. The king goes before them, the Lord of their head. This is, this is what Jesus intends to do for us. So Jesus is our breaker. There's lots of different uh, ways we can describe Jesus. And lots of different names of God, isn't there? But here is another one. Here's the breaker. He brings breakthrough. It's like a, the, the analogy or what's, what's happening here. This is like the king leading his army into battle. You know, in biblical times or even in England, in, in medieval times, this is what, that's what would often happen is when they went into battle. And, and in Britain, we were always having battles every five minutes in our history. Um, then the king uh, would, would lead the army into battle. That's a bit difficult for us these days. Our queen is 95. Okay. <laughs> I can't see that happening. Okay, but the queen is still commander-in-chief. That's still how it works. She technically is still the one in charge, in charge of the army, even now. Um, but this was really, really common in biblical times for this uh, to be a reality. And I just want to show a little um, clip. This is from Return of the King, one of the Lord of the Rings films. It's a two-minute clip. Great, great movies. I've got lots of spiritual truth. Because Tolkien was a Christian, if you didn't know that. There's lots of spiritual truth in those movies, in, in, in the books. Anyway, but I just want to show you just a two-minute clip because it illustrates this really, this really well about what the king did and how the king uh, led by example and would lead the armies into battle. This is what Jesus does for us in these battles that we face. When we face the enemy, this is what Jesus does. Amen. So enjoy this. 
change banner down the center. Remote, take your company right after you pass the wall. Forth, and fear no darkness. Arise, arise, riders of Theoden. Spears shall be shaken. Shields shall be splintered. A sword day, a red day, and the sun rises! Whatever happens, stay with me. I'll look after you. Was next I've seen it a number of times anyway but it but it illustrates the point uh, really well about the, about the king this is what happened in medieval times biblical times that the king would literally lead him into battles this is the this is the picture here okay so I want to show you that clip picture of what's talking about the breaker here goes up before and they break out the king goes on on before them the lord at their head the king would lead by example and and the king would lead them into battle that would galvanize the troops but also there's, there's great spiritual truth in that as well by the way, Jesus leads us into battle. The breaker goes first. And the reason he goes first as the king, as the breaker, because it's, he, it's only he can do what he can do. Amen? He's, he's the breaker, as we read there in the script. He's the breaker who opens the way. Amen? Only he can do what he can do. He leads by example, and he pushes through in a way that we never could. You know, and Jesus is the breaker. He's already done so much for us. It's all, there's loads of things he already still wants to do in your life and to bring breakthrough into different situations. But do you know what? Jesus has already brought so much breakthrough into your life. Amen. No, Jesus is a breaker. has opened the way to the Father. No, Jesus was being the breaker when, when he was on the cross. He broke the power of sin and death. Amen. And he opened the way to the, to the, to the Father. He dealt with the enemy once and for all. Scripture says that he, he made a show. He made, he made fools of the principalities and powers. They thought they'd won. They thought they'd killed the Son of God. They thought they'd won, and, it was, and, and they'd got the final victory. And, of course, God knew better. Jesus knew better. The reality of the plan before the dawn of time for Jesus to take sin upon himself, to rise from the dead, beat the power of sin and death, and, to, and for Jesus then to be able to declare before he went back to heaven, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. There's no, there's no one else with any authority, no, no, no human and, and, and no, no principality, no power. They may try and claim authority, but all authority belonged to Jesus. Amen? That's what he did for us. We couldn't do ourselves what Jesus has done for us. John 14, verse 6, Jesus himself says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he's, he's opened the way to the Father and by being the way and the truth 
and the life. So he's made a way for us. He's he's broken every barrier and made a way. You know, the barrier of sin that separated us from God. Jesus has broken that barrier, amen, through the cross and dealt with that once and for all, amen. We're now now brand new creations, the Bible says. The old has gone and the new has come. We've been brought out of the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his son. We haven't been brought out of the kingdom of darkness. The devil is not the king of anything. We've been brought out of the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of light, amen. There were the lies of the enemy that blinded us, blinded us to the truth. As a scripture, I um, can't remember where it is off the top of my head, but one of Paul's letters where he says, the God of this world, it's referring to the devil in this context, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the truth of the gospel. And we were all in that position, right? That was, that was all of us. But the breaker, he has broken, because he, he's the way and the truth, he, he has brought us real truth. He's broken through those lies. He's broken through that, 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 that rubbish that says we belong to, to the devil. And it's dealt with that once and for all. It's brought us truth. Amen. Those things that blinded us to the realities, to, to the spiritual reality of who God was. Amen. And, and he's, he's the way and he's the truth. He's made a way. He, he's become the truth in our life by dealing with every lie. And he's brought us life by breaking the power of spiritual death once and for all. Spiritual death and the sinful nature that, that bound us are now dead, gone, and, and buried. Amen. We, Paul talks about we, we identify with Jesus' death. Burying resurrection is what baptism is all about, right? It's about identifying with that reality of what's happened in our lives. We're, we, are, we are born again uh, spiritually. We are a brand new person. Amen? So Jesus has broken. Spiritual death, he's dealt with the, the lies over our lives by becoming the way and the truth and the life. This is what he's done as the breaker. And because of that, it's opened the way to the Father. You know, the Bible says at the time of the crucifixion, the curtain in, in the temple it was torn in two, wasn't it? They had a massive curtain, a bit like, you know, these, like these sorts of curtains. They were huge curtains, where, where in, which, which was kind of separate the people from the Holy of Holies, the holiest place of the presence of God. And only the priests or the highest priests could go into that place. And the curtain was torn in two. That, that, that barrier that said only you needed a priest to get between you and God, that that was no longer needed. That we all have free access to the Father. Aren't you glad about that this morning? Amen. This is what Jesus already done for us. Amen. This was him showing who he is as the breaker. Amen. And the king that, that goes ahead of us. Praise God. Praise God. You know, and, and there's so much more breakthrough that Jesus wants to continue. Obviously, the work at the cross is complete. Don't misunderstand me. That's, that's done. Jesus himself said it is finished. It is over. It was done. Okay, so Jesus doesn't need to do anything more in terms of winning salvation for us. Absolutely. But I think, are there, is there breakthrough Jesus wants to continue to bring in our lives? Yes, that's also true. Amen. To bring breakthrough after breakthrough. Because he's still the breaker. Amen. He was a breaker 2,000 years ago on the cross, and he still is. Praise God. I'm going to grab you some water. Is that okay? There's none, none here this morning. That will be fabulous. Thank you. Um, I don't know if any of you are old enough or were living in Britain at the time, but does anyone remember the hurricane that we had in October 1987? Do you remember that? A few of you. You may not have lived in this country or may not be as old as me, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, in Britain, we're in a country where we don't really have a lot of extreme weather, do we? Especially, especially in the south of England. Um, we get a lot of protection from the Isle of Wight. I mean, we don't really have heavy snow. We don't really have that cold winters. We don't really have that hot summers. Um, yeah, <laughs> Graham's from Yorkshire, from Sheffield. <laughs> it's totally different there. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Yeah, certainly different in Yorkshire. Absolutely. But anyway, but in the south, we don't really have a lot of extreme... So I know we sometimes complain about the weather, because that's a British <laughs> default position, isn't it? To complain about the weather. Um, but it's not really very extreme, is it? But anyway, in October 1987, and I was 11 at the time, so it's 45 now before you work that out, <laughs> um, and I was in year seven at school, and we had a, we had a big hurricane um, in the south of England. It affected... What was unusual about it, in particular, is it affected the South Hampshire and West Sussex got, got the worst of it. Um, by, by far, uh, north it didn't even touch. They came over from the Caribbean. And I don't know if you famously, for those of you around at the time, famously remember our weatherman who predicted, said, oh, there's no, they, they'd heard about a hurricane coming, like, don't worry about it, it's not coming anywhere near Britain. <laughs> and anyway, they, they, got it, they got it completely wrong. Anyway, and it was a real interesting experience at the, at the time. As I said, I was only 11. And lived, we lived in a rural part of the New Forest, over near Lymington, where I grew up. Um, and there's no street lights or anything else. You know, it's proper, it's proper rural where we were. And it was, it was quite a scary time. Cause it all happened during the night. But by, by like daylight, it was absolutely calm. You would never have known anything had happened, other than what it, <laughs> the devastation left behind. It was kind of quite scary in the night. I mean, because you could, so we lived like right, like I said, right out in the forest. You could kind of, you could hear trees being uprooted. It was weird. It's like, this is not good. It's like, this is extreme. You could hear all the branches snapping. You could hear trees literally snapping in half. You could hear them. And we woke up the following morning. It's like, the devastation was just insane. I don't remembers that. Across Hampshire, the new forest was, um, yeah, a lot of it was flattened. It was crazy. Anyway, so this is all relevant to the message. <laughs> back to that. So the next day was a school day. We couldn't go to school. All, every single road towards Limington was blocked by trees. We couldn't, the buses didn't turn up, and you couldn't get there any by car. It was all blocked everywhere. Anyway, so we thought we'd just go out for a walk. We'd just have a look. And there was an enclosure. You know, we have different enclosures, like Dibbon enclosure, and there's different enclosures around here, isn't there? Um, there's an enclosure near our house. We thought we'd just go and have a look and see what it's like. And it was just total devastation. And it was, it, we, we had like an, a route that we often did. It was only about a mile. And it, I think it literally took us about two hours. Because you just had to climb through trees. Like I said, it was all calm by now. You had to climb through trees. It was just, it was just, yeah, like I said, devastation. There's trees literally everywhere. It took absolutely ages. So there were all these kind of trees blocking our, blocking our path. And we literally had to kind of battle our way through. But, you know, when you're that kind of age, you're just determined to get to the other side. If it was now, I'd probably like, oh, stuff that. Let's go home. <laughs> by the time, you know, when you're a teenager, or almost a teenager then, it's like determined to do these things. Anyway, but we had to literally battle our way through to get through all these trees. Anyway, now the reason for saying all that is that, that can be a bit what life is like. Where, where, we, where you know, we're on a journey. The Bible describes the Christian life as a journey and is a journey in God. But it can so often feel there's things blocking our path. And it can feel like the enemy's brought devastation and, and has brought things intentionally to block us. And sometimes the devil will do that. The enemy will do that. And, and I feel like, how are we ever going to get through this? It's like, this is going to take ages, or this is going to be so difficult. I'm going to have to climb over this obstacle. I'm going to climb over this issue. And we have to and feel like we have to battle our way through like we did when we were kind of in that enclosure trying to get to the other side. You know, and the Israelites often found themselves in that same situation where they had battle after battle after battle after battle, but the breaker came through. It meant again and again and again. You know, the Israelites, after they, uh, just thinking about the Israelites when they, when they left Egypt and after the ten plagues of Egypt and Pharaoh finally changed his mind, or God made him change his mind and let the Israelites go. And, and, but then they came to the Red Sea, didn't they? And after all that they'd been through, then a lot of the Israelites were like, were like what's going to happen now? Uh, why has God brought us to this place? They, they, were, they, they came to the Red Sea. It's like, yeah, you can't get across the sea, obviously. And then the, and then the Egyptians changed their minds. 
or God changed their minds because they had another plan. God changed their mind. And, and, and they then started chasing the Egyptians, uh, chasing the Israelites. So, so they literally were trapped, weren't they? They were trapped at the Red Sea. And the people were starting to, to complain. Moses, Moses had a tough job. <laughs> he did, bless him. It's like, and that, that was a tough pastoral gig, right? Wow. It's like the people were always complaining. He like, did everything God told him to do. Um, well, he didn't always do everything God told him to do, but most of the time, he did everything God told him to do. And, but, but the people just literally would complain about everything, wouldn't they? You know, even when they're out in the wilderness about to go to the promised land, they didn't want to go. They were worried they're going to get killed by the giants. And then it was like, why aren't we back in Egypt? We had great food there. It's like, it's like what is wrong with these people? Anyway, it's a tough game. Moses, Moses did complain to God a few times. You can read all about that in Exodus. Anyway, there we go. But anyway, that's by the by. But they were at the Red Sea. So, and, and, and fearful and understandably kind of, you know, um, they're kind of thinking, what's going to happen in this situation? Although, don't forget that they'd just seen what God had done. They'd just seen ten miraculous plagues. And, not, and, the, and with the ten miraculous plagues, not one of them touched the Israelites. They didn't lose a single person. The locusts didn't affect them. You know, the rivers of blood and all that kind of stuff that happened. It didn't affect the Israelites at all. You know, even the plague of darkness, when darkness came over the land, it said there was, it was light over the, where the Israelites were. They were, they, these were incredible, incredible miracles. They'd just seen all that happen, but here they were again, uh, freaking out. And I, I don't know if Moses even was entirely sure what was going to happen in this situation. There was literally no hope, right? I think that I would agree that was a hopeless situation in the natural. But praise God, he still had a plan. So there was no hope, but until the, bro- until the breaker broke through. Amen? Isaiah 43, 16 and 17. And notes are sticking together. Isaiah 43, 16 and 17 says this, describing the situation, it says, He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, he drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. So, so you know the story is that it's a, Moses had a staff and God told him to put his staff into, into the sea, and then miraculously the sea separated and they were able to cross through on dry land. And that wasn't God's only plan. So the plan was also to deal with the enemy at the same time. So as well as them getting through to the other side and, and on their journey towards the promised land that God had you know, promised right back to, to Abraham um, you know, hundreds of years earlier. But also God's plan was to deal with the enemy, kind of in, you know, to deal with those two things at once. Amen? Because as, as the Israelites got to the other side, you know, the, the Egyptians followed them in and then the sea came back over them and dealt with, the, dealt with their enemies. So the breaker, so Jesus here, the breaker, God the breaker broke through the barrier, broke through the barrier of the sea, and at the same time broke through all the plans of the enemy, the Egyptians. And those are two things that God intends to do in your life. To break through the barriers that you face, those obstacles, those situations, circumstances, health situations, financial situations, whatever they may be, things you may be dealing with, family situations, job issues, whatever it may be, God's, God's plan for you is to break through those situations. Now, sometimes we have to be patient. Do those things always happen straight away? No, that's true. And often God teaches a lot, of, lot to us uh, in, that, in that journey, but it's about trusting him and the journey of faith. And we saw that with Abraham and Sarah, and there's also different things where you could see that. Um, a lot of great stories in the Bible where you could see that that journey of faith, where they were given a great promise, but it, but it was many years later before they saw that promise fulfilled. But either way, the breaker intends to break through these barriers and also to deal with the enemy's plans for your life. Amen? Now, the Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen? That's, that's, a, that's a reality. We do need to submit ourselves to God. Sometimes people forget that bit. But submit ourselves to God, but when, then we can resist the devil. And he must flee. He has no choice but to flee. Amen? Because when we resist him in the name of Jesus, we talked about this last week, about what the name of Jesus, Jesus carries. Amen? And all the authority that it carries. 
Amen. Jesus said, "All authority in heaven has been given to me." So when we when we say in the name of Jesus, we're 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 not just like just saying a magical word. It's not like saying abracadabra, right? It's about because Jesus it carries all the authority on heaven and earth. Out in the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. You know the Bible says, "Amen." Praise God. So this is God's God's plan for your life. Now I just want to look just as we come towards the end. He says, um, Proverbs three verse five to six. This again is in the Amplified. It says this. Proverbs, a great book, amazing book, Proverbs, full of amazing wisdom. If you apply the principles of Proverbs to your life, then you're gonna, it's going to save you a whole lot of issues. Anyway, Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, and Proverbs 3 especially is a, is a great, great chapter. If you're, if you're a young person here this morning, apply Proverbs, read Proverbs 3, and apply every principle in it to your life. And it, will, it will radically change you. And if you're an older person as well, the same. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. Trust in and rely confidently in, on the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight and smooth. And I love the way the Amplified, because uh, you know the Amplified, it just kind of explains more about what the original language was saying. And he will, and he, in all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Amen? So that's, what, that's what it means by making your path straight and smooth, by removing those obstacles like, like I faced in the forest, or the Israelites are facing at the Red Sea, and those things we've talked about, by removing those obstacles. So, so we're on a journey. But, and, but it's really clear here that the key to it all is, is about to trust in God. So my, kind of my question to you this morning is, do, do we truly trust and rely confidently in Jesus? Big, big question. And I think when we say we trust Jesus... Um, it's one of those things, it's very, very easy to say, but it's a whole other thing to actually live out that reality, isn't it? You know, talk is cheap, isn't it? It's just one of the things, oh yeah, I trust God, okay, <laughs> okay, I've said it. No, but actually trusting God is something wholly different. When, when everything's up against the wall, or in a situation where you think there is no way out of the situation, that's when you really find out whether we trust God or not. Right? Because it's easy to say it, but it's a whole other thing to live out that reality. So there's a question we need to answer. Do we truly trust and rely confidently in Jesus as we're encouraged to do here in Proverbs so Jesus intends to go before us to make our path straight and remove those obstacles that block our way obstacles that try to block our journey with him but trusting in him is absolutely key and then it talks about not relying on our own insight or understanding that again goes back to what I said earlier about us trying to fix everything thinking we've got it all figured out well well I know how to resolve this that's just kind of our old nature trying to rise up again we have to submit ourselves um you know, to, to the spirit within us. Amen? You know, the way I look at the Christian life, and I believe it's what the Bible teaches, is as often as there's a battle going on inside us, isn't there? And there's a battle between our soul and our spirit. And basically our soul is our mind, our will, and emotions. So when, we, when we're born again spiritually, we're brand new, but our soul is not brand new. What I mean by that is our mind, our will, our emotions, they don't suddenly magically, uh, magically change, and suddenly we've, they've got a whole completely different new nature. They have, to, they have to, on a daily basis, and we have to make a choice to do this, submit them to, to our brand new spiritual nature. Does that make sense? So it's basically like we have to decide for ourselves, um, basically, who is the boss in your life? So it can either be your soul, it can be your mind, your will, and emotions, or it can be your brand new nature and the Holy Spirit who now dwells inside of us as, as we know that he does. Amen? So basically, who is the boss? Who is it who decides what we do? When we come to a difficult situation, uh, in, in a work situation, when someone's not nice about us, when someone uh, backstabs us, when we have a, 
uh, disagreement with our spouse, when our kids are driving us nuts, and all these, when someone cuts you up on the road. All this, these are very, these, let's, just, let's talk about real life, right? What, what, how do we do? How do we act? Because your mind and your will and emotions are going to want to do one thing, and, and your spirit and the Holy Spirit within you is, definitely wants to do another thing. But it's about, basically it's about who's the boss. Isn't it? And this, is, this is where you find victory in the Christian life. Who, who is deciding what, what you do here? And, and, and even Jesus had to do this, didn't he? And I, I, I've talked about this a number of times, but I'll, I'll say it again. about This is what was happening at Gethsemane the day before the cross. This is a battle between Jesus and his human, his human nature, because we know he was a human, but, but also, of course, the Son of God and perfect. And, and what was happening in Gethsemane is you saw the battle between basically who was, who was in charge of his life. Was it, was it the Holy Spirit and, and, and him being obedient to the will of the Father? Was it going to be his mind and the will and emotions who, which didn't want to go to the cross? And if we were in Jesus' situation, would we have been any different? When he knew everything it was going to entail, what it was contained physically, emotionally, and in every sense. Right? But, but thank, thank Jesus. He said, you know, not my will be done, Father, but yours Yours be done. But that is, a, that is the key to victory in a Christian life. If you're struggling with stuff in, in your Christian life, this is the key to it all. One, one, to trust him, but also to make yourself obedient um, to the Holy Spirit within you. Amen. So trusting in Jesus and not relying on our own insight or understanding. You know, pride can be a real problem in the life of a Christian. If you're not a Christian, it's, it's a massive problem. But even if you're a Christian, it can still be a real issue. And pride is just, again, it's just thinking that we know it all. Thinking we've got it all figured out. Amen. But the reality is we haven't got it all figured out. And, and God doesn't intend for us to have it all figured out either. Like I said, we have responsibilities in life. Yes, that's true. But God doesn't intend you to figure everything out. He wants to do it for you and to help you on that journey. You know, in, in my own life, I've had a number of examples where God has miraculously removed obstacles. When I was younger, um, I, was, I was really faced problems with anxiety and stress. It was a real, it was a real, real problem like in my 20s or late teens, early 20s. Um, seems like a long time ago now. But anyway, um, but I had some real issues with anxiety and uh, and stress and, and sleeping and just just all kind of things surrounding it. it had physical symptoms to because of the anxiety and stress. This wasn't this wasn't good or healthy. And you know, God had to really break through some stuff. And this is why I had to learn so much about just trusting. What does it actually mean to trust Him? Because so often we we can be in. in or I think we could be, well, God, when, when you've sorted everything out, then I'll trust you. And it's like, well, that's not how God works. We have to trust him through each and every situation. Don't rely on our own strength. Don't try and figure it all out. Don't try and make a plan of how you're going to resolve it all. Just to trust him. Amen? Don't rely on your own insight or understanding. Our insight compared to God's insight is rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> Let's face it. Because remember, God is completely outside of time and space. He knows how everything's going to pan out. Because, again, don't, don't put God in a box. God's, God's insight is not the same as your insight. His understanding is not the same as your understanding. The Bible says, I think it's Psalm 139, isn't it, about his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know, that, that's the reality. Now, God, I believe God wants to download those things to our, to our lives. I don't believe this is God belittling us, but he's just making it a reality. His ways are so much higher than our ways, and his thoughts so much higher than our thoughts. Amen? But this is why we can trust him. And in my own life, I had to just... To, deal with those situations but dealt with it by trusting jesus and then gradually and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily instant but it was a gradual process of god just dealing with anxiety and stress just learning to trust him on on the journey amen you know, the breaker broke through for me on that situation and i'm so so glad for it and, and continue to live in victory in that amen so this is what the breaker intends to do for you 
Amen? To break through your situations. He's a breaker. He's a king that goes ahead of us, goes ahead of us into battles. He knows the battles that you're facing, but Jesus wants to go ahead of you and go into those battles first. We're not intended to do life on our own. God is there every step of the journey. Jesus said, well, he never leaves us or forsake us. Just like he did for the, for the Israelites when they faced that monumental barrier and they were panicking and freaking out. They, they potentially faced their death. God still had a plan. Amen? To break through and to deal with the, the plans of the enemy together. And as we trust and rely on him, amen, he will make our paths straight, removing those obstacles. And maybe you've got some obstacles in your life right now. And one of my the best pastoral advice I can ever give you, and myself and Wendy, we've talked about this a number of times. Me and Wendy, we cannot solve your problems. Right? All, all, all God wants us to do is to point you to Jesus, and that's what we'll always do. You know, the word pastor, it means, it means shepherd, is what it literally means. It means shepherd. So we're, we're, we're called to shepherd the church. But I said, we're not the shepherd. I said, that's Jesus, right? We're not the shepherd. We'll just point, we're, as shepherds, we'll point you to the shepherd, right? That's what we'll do. Because that's what our job is. We can't solve all your problems. And we're not, it's not, that's not God's intention for us to do that either. But I know someone who can solve all your problems, and that's Jesus. Amen? So, so when we're facing obstacles, we just, need, we just need to trust him. So maybe you're facing some real difficult stuff right now. I just encourage you to, to get on your own with God, uh, to pray about it, and, and, just, and just choose. And it's our choice. You know, the Christian life is, is, is all about choices and making good choices. Just make a choice to trust him. Say, God, I trust you. I don't understand. I can't work this out. I know you don't want me to work it out. I don't know how this is going to pan out. I don't understand. I don't understand why I'm in this situation. You know, just be honest with God. Because remember, God knows what's in our hearts anyway. There's nothing wrong with having honest prayers. You know, you see it all throughout the Bible. I mean, things like King David in the Psalms. Some, there's some sort of Psalms of praise. And there's some of basically like, God, what in the world's going on in my life? Why have you done this to me? Isn't it? And kind of everything in between. No, you can have honest prayers with God because God knows what's in our heart anyway. There's no point pulling the wool over his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because you, you can't do that with God. Anyway, you know, so if you just don't understand what's going on in your life, well, pray about that. Understand why you're in that situation. But, what, but whatever, the, whatever you're in, Whatever your thought process, choose to trust him. Amen. That God, I'm just going to trust you. I know my life is safe in your hands. I know that you've got it. And I believe what it says here, but as I trust in you, I don't rely on myself. As I, as I acknowledge you and recognize you, you will make my path straight. You will remove those obstacles, those things that are holding me back, those things that are making my journey more difficult. Lord, teach me what you want to teach me through this. Oh God, but I believe you're going to remove those obstacles. Amen. But just choose to trust him. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Praise God. I just want to pray. I just want to pray for you as a congregation. And if there's just real difficult stuff going on in your life, life right now, if it feels like life is full of obstacles, when everyone's just got their eyes closed, I'd just encourage you to just do business with God this morning. If you're facing some obstacles right now, I just encourage you just to raise your hand to God right now. It might be a health situation, a financial situation, a job situation in, in your family, whatever, whatever it might be. Maybe the doctors have said stuff over your life and the doctors are just doing, you know, they're just doing what they do and what they're trained to do. But they can't, they don't know what God knows and they can't do what God, God can do. And maybe you've got some real financial struggles, whatever, whatever it may be. I just encourage you just to reach out to God now. Because one, he knows already, he knows what you're going through, he knows what you're dealing with. There are other breakthroughs you're believing for, for people in, for 
um, unsaved loved ones, unsaved spouses, for children who are believing to come back to God, for people who have people in your family or friends that maybe live in lifestyles that are just far from God. And you're just believing for them just to come back as, as prodigals, for God just to change their lives. Maybe they've never known God, don't know anything about God, are totally indifferent to God. You're believing for God to impact their lives and change their lives. Only God can do that. Only he can bring that breakthrough. Yes, God will use us and, we, and he'll bring up conversations. He'll give us opportunity to speak into their lives. But only God can change a heart. Only the Holy Spirit can change, change um, you know, someone's heart and someone's response to him. So whatever those breakthroughs may be, or whatever you're believing for, for your family, your friends, your neighborhoods, your communities, over your, over your own life, the breaker can break through those situations. I thank you, Lord God, that you are the breaker. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, I to speak this over them, Lord, Micah 2.13. Lord, that you as the breaker, the Messiah, who opens the way. Lord, you will go up before each and every one of us, liberating us. Lord, that you will break out. You, Lord, as, Lord, that we will break out. We'll pass through the gate and go out. Lord, that you as the king, you will go before us. With you at our head, leading us as our king. Lord, just like you did for the Israelites. Lord, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Who drew out the chariots and horses. And the enemy was extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Lord, that you would do that for us. Lord, we thank you for the breakthrough you already brought in our lives, Lord, by, by being the way and the truth and the life, Lord, the breakthrough of the cross. Lord, it's because of that, Lord, that we sit here and still stand here this morning, Lord, because of what you've done for us. Lord, the breakthrough of the cross of defeating sin and death Lord, once and for all, for dealing with the enemy once and for all, for taking that authority that Adam had given to the devil and taking that back and, and saying all authority on heaven and earth have been given to you. But for claiming, Lord, who you, who you were. Lord God, for claiming authority, Lord, not, not for your own benefit, Lord, but for our benefit. Lord, so we can live in that authority in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray, Lord, be a people, Lord, that trust and rely, confident in you. Lord, we won't try and figure everything out. We won't rely on our own insight, our own understanding. Lord God, will we acknowledge you in all our ways? Lord, and Lord, you promise, Lord God, here in Scripture, Lord, that you will make our path straight. You remove those obstacles. Lord, we just pray that, Lord, over everybody's life this morning, Lord, that those obstacles, Lord, will be removed in Jesus' name. Lord, those situations, Lord God, that you will work upon it, Lord, even today. Lord God, those situations will start to change lord you bring healing lord where people need healing lord god lord you bring provision lord where people need provision lord god you will bring salvation lord and we believe for household salvation lord you will bring that in jesus name lord, where people bring believing for neighbors and, and and friends lord you will bring salvation in the mighty name of jesus lord you will bring change lord for those who are dealing with addictions or those we know that are dealing with addictions lord we pray for breakthrough in the mighty name of jesus those obstacles will be removed Lord, the people be set free and healed and delivered. Lord, we thank you. You never do a half job. Lord, you say, Lord, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. You don't do half job or half measures. Lord, when you set someone free, they are completely free. Lord, so we pray, Lord, just for freedom in Jesus' name. Lord, freedom for anyone here, Lord, who's feeling bound or bound by circumstances or their past or whatever it may be or words spoken over them or the plans of the enemy. Lord, we pray total freedom in Jesus' name. Remove every obstacle. In the mighty, precious name of Jesus. Lord, thank you. You are the breaker that goes before us. Lord, all glory it goes to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And as we pray, Lord, throughout this month, Lord, we believe in Lord, for so many testimonies of what you've done. Lord, every test, Lord, is followed by a testimony. Lord, and that's what we believe, Lord God. Lord, and we're just so looking forward to what you're going to do, Lord, right throughout this year. I just want to just pray a, prayer, a second prayer quickly as we come to a close. 
as well. And just give it an opportunity for anyone who's here this morning who doesn't yet know God, or maybe you've just gone off track in your relationship with God. Maybe you, you, you are a believer, but you've just gone off track, or you've gone, made some lifestyle choices or whatever it may be, but you're not on the, right, on the right path. And God just wants to meet you this morning. You know, Jesus told a great story about the prodigal son and about how the father is just waiting for you to come back. He's not there ready. To, he's not there to judge you. He just wants you to come back because he loves you. And that, that's, it, that's his heart for you. Or maybe you don't yet know him. But again, he has that same heart of love for you. He, he died on a cross 2,000 years ago so that you could be free today. So you can know the promise of eternal life when you leave this earth. So you can be in his presence forever. So that he can be with you each step of the journey. And, and remove those obstacles in your life. So he can bless your life and, and just guide you and lead you. So if that's you this morning, I just encourage you to pray this prayer. We're all just going to pray this, pray this together. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the breaker. I invite you now into my life. I ask you to make me new, to wash me clean, to forgive me. I want to live for you. I want you to lead me and to guide me. In Jesus' name, amen. As we prayed that prayer, if you've prayed that this morning, you've never ever prayed a prayer like that before, or you're just getting things sorted, just in business with God this morning, I just encourage you just to raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me, I've prayed that this morning, because we would just love just to chat and pray with you afterwards. Is there anyone this morning? Don't miss your opportunity. Thank you, God, you're so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are the breaker. That goes before us. May we never lose sight of who you are. May we not rely on our own understanding. Lord, we trust you. Teach us, Lord, to trust you more and more and more. Lord God, we don't want those just to be words, to be cheap words, but we want that to be a reality. That, that we know our lives are completely safe in your hands, in our Creator. The West, what, what safer place could they be in other than that, in the hands of a living God who created us in the first place, who knit us together in our mother's womb? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, what a wonderful, wonderful God you are. Amen. 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 God is good.